Time now for Saskatchewan Agriculture Today. Now, here's your host, Agri-News Director Jim Smalley. A University of Saskatchewan PhD candidate has spent the past two years studying the growing wild boar population in Saskatchewan. Ruth Cost has some numbers that explain why wild boars are prevalent in nearly every area. And the females become sexually mature at about eight to sitters a year. And the females become sexually mature at about eight to six months of age and can have anywhere from three to, we've heard, 14 piglets in Saskatchewan. A normal wild boar would have about three to six. Um, in their litter, but we're starting to see hybridization with domestic pigs, so it's leading to the larger litter sizes. Cost says sport hunting alone cannot keep wild boar numbers in check. Boar are very smart and they're easily educated. If there's a lot of human pressure on them, they'll change their activity patterns and behavior and become extremely nocturnal and stay down in those low areas where hundreds can't go or don't want to go, and then obviously we don't allow hunting at night in Saskatchewan. Much of Cost's research is being funded by the U.S. Department of Agriculture, which is looking for additional scientific information in hopes of controlling the U.S. wild boar population. It's going to be a busy couple of months for farmers with crop left in the field, with combining and seeding on the schedule. Jeremy Welter has 1,600 acres of mainly barley and canola to harvest in the Crawford area of west-central Saskatchewan. Even though the temperature has been rising, he hasn't fired up the combine just yet. We are getting very close to guys getting back out in the field. I've heard some reports locally of people already being in the field now. You know, a lot of that obviously has to do with the amount of work they still have. So it's, uh, it's bigger guys that don't really have a choice. They basically have to get out there as fast as they can because of the amount of work they've got left. In my specific situation, I've, I've been out checking fields. They're still a little bit soft. Um, I'd rather not get out there when they're this soft because then you have issues with tire ruts and stuff. But optimistically speaking, I would say de- weather dependent, we should be out in the fields before 10 days are up. Welter believes the winter weather is going to hurt crop quality. The fact that we had all these melting and freezing cycles did a lot of damage, I think, to the crop that was left out there. It allowed a lot of the moisture and a lot of the weather to, I think that's trait the remaining seed that was left in the field. And I think that's going to be a very significant factor in a much higher than normal quality degradation. Another concern is rodent damage with the lack of snow cover and the amount of crop in the field. I've seen some cases of it in my area. You know, you can always tell where the wildlife has been out. You know, the spot where the swath has been flipped over, where coyotes or cats have been looking for rodents. So, you know, there's, there's definitely evidence there if you know what to look for. I've heard a, a few anecdotal stories of people seeing pictures on Facebook where guys' entire sieve is covered with pieces of mice that they now have to take home and pressure wash out. Corroborate area farmer Jeremy Welter is a District 6 APAS director. The Canadian Western Agribition Annual Meeting will be held this afternoon in Regina. Officials will outline the financial report for last year's show and any changes that could be made this year. Some interesting crop research details have been released by the Parkland College and the East Central Research Foundation in Yorkton. Mike Hall is the East Central Research Coordinator. He says the annual report provides details on 11 experimental trials conducted at three farm sites just outside Yorkton. A lot of those results also are in video form as well on uh, on our website at www.ecrf.ca. So if you don't like reading, you can listen to me give short video presentations about five, ten minutes long on, on the various topics. 
And um, some of the things that um, that will be included in that report, you know, last year we took a shot at growing lentils for the first time and basically discovered it's better on wider row spacings, lower seeding rates, and dual application of fungicide because of uh, our moist conditions. Basically, anything you can do to thin out the canopy uh, last year worked well for us in reducing disease and the loss of uh, yield. Um, we also discovered that operating nozzles too high for control of fusarium headblade and wheat uh, will reduce the control of fusarium headblade and wheat. We lost uh, four or five bushels just by operating some of these dual nozzles too high. And of course, farmers like to operate the nozzles high because they're trying to protect their booms. Um, the the optimum height for the dual nozzles, you know, no more than 12, 15 inches above the, the heads. Um, we also had a oat test weight study. Um, and basically, we're trying to find varieties that you can push the nitrogen and still maintain uh, test weights that are acceptable. And it seems to be hard to find something that has both. You know, we, for example, we had Triactor, which three years running um, was the highest yielding variety, but it was also the lowest test weight variety out there. Um, now, the test weights were still acceptable because of the wet conditions that we had last year, but um, you know, some of the lower yielding varieties like Stride uh, also had the better uh, ability to maintain test weights. So um, it's a little hard to get both. Um, we also looked at Fabavine inoculants, which I haven't talked about before with you guys. Um, it's quite a large study that uh, is conducted all across Saskatchewan in seven, seven locations. And when you look at the data from all seven locations, boy, we had a hard time getting a really significant yield response to inoculation. It was pretty, pretty modest. And uh, I think that just goes to show um, how good fava beans are at uh, uh, forming associations with native rhizobia in, in the soil. But having said that, I would never recommend to someone to forget uh, or to omit inoculating fava beans because I think you should just consider it cheap insurance because uh, native rhizobia levels are going to vary from field to field. Hall outlined some of the proposed future projects. You know, we're still continuing on with that fava bean inoculant uh, trial and see if we get two years of, you know, very little response or not or see what happens there. Uh, we have flax fertility work. I've also got a couple of trials of winter wheat in the ground, and um, one of the winter wheat ones is uh, actually terminating a forage stand and seeding winter wheat into a terminated forage stand and sort of comparing it to uh, a spring wheat. And my thought is that, you know, winter wheat might be a better option than uh, spring wheat in that uh, it grows out of the ground very quickly early on in the year and would be more competitive against any regrowth of the, the brome stand. Um, so I'm looking forward to seeing how that one works out. Um, we'll be continuing on with some forage corn fertility work um, and uh, wheat profitability should you... Should you um, sort of hold back and be conservative, you know, in your approach to growing wheat, or should you just throw everything at it, you know, this sort of thing. So we've got sort of a low, medium, and high input scenarios and see what actually pans out being more economical. Um, 
we'll be working with soybeans again and uh, canola. We'll look at some nitrogen management issues with canola. Uh, work with oats too. Uh, trying to do some more work with oats. Um, you know, with the sort of loss of being able to use um, pre-harvest Roundup for with some of the oat millers, you know, has sort of uh, um, been a limitation to producers with oats and trying to get uniformity of uh, maturity and that sort of thing. So we've got some fertility trials and seeding date trials in there trying to address that loss of pre-harvest Roundup in a non chemical by non-chemical means. Hall says faba beans are well adapted to the area and wet soil, but the price may not be quite as attractive to growers right now. He also likes the potential of soybeans for the region with improved shorter season varieties. East Central Research Foundation signed a memorandum of understanding with Parkland College in 2013 to jointly conduct applied research in the Yorkton area. The market update on The Source, 620 CKRM. Grain prices were showing downward movement in early trading today. Viterra prices for canola fell 4.20 at 4.69.60. Oats dropped $4.27 at 141.46. Number one red spring wheat declined 99 cents at 228.23. The rest were all unchanged. Durham 267.46. Feed barley 124.14. Flax 492.02. Yellow peas $316. Feed wheat. 136.48. On the Minneapolis Grain Exchange this morning, May wheat was down two and a quarter cents at 5.22 and a quarter a bushel. The Livestock Report on the Source 620 CKRM. This is a micro report for the Assiniboia Livestock Auction for the week of April 6. We didn't have a sale in Assiniboia this week. It was Wayburn's turn. Over there, we sold close to 2,300 head of cattle on a high market. Cattle came from 200 miles around. D1 or two ca- cows. Uh, sold between 95 and a dollar 10. D3 cows 80 to 95. Good butcher bulls sold between a dollar 20 and a dollar 45. Uh, steer calves 4 to 450 pounds average, two dollars and 34 cents. A sold up to 240. Uh, 450 to 500 pounds steers average 223 a pound. A sold up to 240 as well. 500 to 550 pounds steers average two dollars and 16 cents a pound. Sold up to 235. 550 to 600 pounds steers average two dollars and nine cents a pound. Sold up to 226. At 600 to 650 pounds steers average two dollars and two cents a pound. Sold up to 219. At 650 to 700 pounds steers average a dollar 93. Sold up to two dollars and 14 cents. Seven to eight hundred pounds steers average a dollar 81. Sold up to two dollars a pound. And eight to nine hundred pounds steers average. A dollar sixty-seven. I sold up to a dollar seventy-nine. Heifers were twenty to twenty-five cents back. Now some of the highlights were a load of five hundred fifty-pound black steers at two dollars and twenty-three cents a pound. Six hundred pound red steers at two twelve a pound. Seven hundred pound tan steers at two dollars a pound. And five hundred pound grasser steers at two thirty-five a pound. Then we had six hundred pound tan heifers at a dollar ninety-three. Seven hundred pound black heifers at a dollar seventy-nine. And eight hundred pound black heifers at a dollar ten. This has been Roy Rutledge reporting. Now the latest Saskatchewan pork prices. Ham sold 6,000 hogs Wednesday, selling in a range of 153 to 155 per CKG. Today's sales are expected to be around 5,500 heads, selling in a range of 153 to 154 per CKG. 
Number one sows delivered to Winnipeg this week are selling in the range of $85 to $99 per CKG live weight. Cash hogs today are called lower while lean hogs are trading higher and the Canadian dollar is down 4 basis points, trading at 0.7455 cents US. Cash hogs yesterday were down 26 cents per hundred weight while the cutout was down 63 cents per hundred weight. Packer margins are currently estimated at $24 per head black. The USDA shows export volumes for February were up 15%. These stats are very good, however, need further improvement to avoid additional price declines. Jim Smalley's AgriWeather on The Source, 620 CKRM. The 620 CKRM farm weather forecast for today, a mix of sun and cloud, wind south 40 gusting to 60, the high today 17. Tonight, increasing cloudiness late this evening, wind south 40 gusting to 60, becoming southeast 20 overnight, the low 6. Tomorrow partly cloudy, wind becoming southwest 20 gusting to 40 in the afternoon. The high tomorrow 21 degrees. Chance of evening showers and the low plus 5. Saturday cloudy, 60% chance of showers and the high 12, the low minus 1. Sunday a mix of sun and cloud, the high plus 6, the low minus 6. Monday sunny with a high plus 7, the low minus 3. Tuesday a mix of sun and cloud, the high 11 degrees, the low near 0. Wednesday cloudy with a high of plus 9. Normal high is 9 degrees, the normal low minus 4. The sun rose at 623 this morning, it sets at 738 tonight. Round the province, Estevan is 10, Saskatoon 15, Swift Current 16, Weyburn is 12, Yorkton is 10. In Regina, with cloudy skies, it's 12, that's 54 Fahrenheit. Winds are from the south, southeast 46, gusting to 65. Humidity is 44%, barometer falling 101.7. Cloudy in Moose Jaw 15, winds are from the south at 41, gusting to 57. Once again, Regina, cloudy and 12, that's 54 Fahrenheit. That's Saskatchewan Agriculture Today. I'm Jim Smalley. Good afternoon and good farming.